Hello and welcome to the CFC Talk podcast. And this is episode three. Firstly, thank you to everyone who listened and watched our podcast on all of our platforms. It really means a lot to us as we're only just fans trying to create content for all of the Chelsea fans out there. As well as that, from last time, we told you guys about our own website that we launched it it will be in the description below if you're watching it on youtube if you're listening it on any of their any of our uh, supported platforms it will also be in the description below and before we get into today's podcast and welcome alex and amart into this i want to talk to you about shoreby shoreby is a tool that you can use to shorten your links as well as create a smart link as we all know many social media apps only allow us to add one website such as instagram and twitter well shoreby will take that take care of that as it allows us to redirect users to a page containing all the links to your websites and especially this is this is first from personal experience it is especially good for creators who post on many platforms such as podcasters like us as well as musicians not only that, but Shoreby also tells you the insights of every person who has clicked on the link. It will give you analytics as well as the amount of time they have spent on the website, which will allow you to understand and promote the website, which is referred to you. You can use all of these premium features for as little as $12 and get a discount using the link below, which will be again in the description if you're watching it on YouTube, as well as in the description if you're listening to it on any of our supported platforms. With that being said, let's get into today's podcast as we are going to talk about the transfers as usual. Just a little update on that and then reacting to the Premier League fixtures, which were released yesterday morning, as well as reacting to Frank's documentary and then talking about the youth players and ha- rating their season, their last season with us, as well as naming three prospects that we are looking forward to in the next season from the academy, which will conclude our podcast. Hello, Alex and Amart. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. Great to be on again. Yeah, hello. Yeah, great to be on. We're just going to pretend that we did not do that again. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so firstly, an update on the transfers. Let me just give some insight. Kai Havertz is still not a Chelsea player. Thiago Silva is linked to Chelsea. There's no update on Ben Chilwell as well. So what do you guys think? Kai Havertz, is it happening? Absolutely. It's going to happen. I think think uh, tweets that have come out from a um, couple of pretty reliable journalists over the past, what, six hours, eight hours, basically uh, some people have been claiming about how he wants to join. Sorry, I think someone, some source close to Sky said that Kai Havertz wants to join Chelsea more than Chelsea actually want him. So, yeah, I think it's. I absolutely think it's going to happen, and I just, it just needs time. I'd expect him to be signed in. I'd expect him to be a Chelsea player in the next two weeks. Absolutely. So you are looking hopeful, Amart. What do you think? Is it happening, or is it just a gimmick? Most definitely, it's definitely happening. It's not a gimmick. <laughs> <laughs> With the way with the way the Chelsea fans have been anticipating him, like his signing to, um, to the club, it's not a gimmick. If it's a gimmick, I think we probably the Chelsea fans will go and ban Stamford Bridge or something because everybody just wants to <laughs> see that we have we we um, we want to see that tweet from Chelsea saying we have some Kai Havertz news for you. That's all. I think I think it will it will happen. It will definitely happen. It's just a matter of. The teams are agreeing on a figure. Recently, I, I just I just saw a tweet. The negotiations are close, and the figure is kind of like we are kind of like 
drawing closer to the price that they want and they're also compromising a bit so we might be able to um, um secure it i think by the end of the, the week we is, Chelsea be able fans to are so eager deal. to see Havertz into the club that I was seeing tweets yesterday about people tracking planes all the way from Leverkusen to London, or is it one of the closer airports to uh, Leverkusen? <laughs> That's funny, but it's typical. It's typical. <laughs> yeah. We saw the same thing with, I think, especially Jorginho and Sari came to mind. We were all tracking, I think loads of fans were tracking flights to Italy, see who was coming, and yeah. Yeah. It's a huge transfer. I, I'm, I'm not surprised at all. It's, it's the biggest transfer in Chelsea's history. I, so, mean, I read somewhere I read somewhere that Chelsea paid record-breaking fees for um, Timo Werner, making him the most exp- ex- the most expensive German, and now they're yeah. going to break it with Kai Havertz. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. I think it was um, um, was it Christian Falk or that 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 journalist. I think he was the one who said who tweeted that thing out. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't yeah, expect. Yeah. To be the most expensive German before I, I didn't, I, yeah, I didn't expect that. It is yeah, I was, also, I, was, I was also surprised when I saw it. I don't, I don't know how much of that is true because uh, you never know how much they actually like paid for Werner because they would only release a uh, a very simple figure for Werner, but then they would have add-ons and everything included in that. But I think if we end up paying like ninety million for Werner, he'll be he'll be more expensive than. Um, Werner, I'm sorry, I mean 90 million for Kai Havertz. He'll be more expensive than what we paid for Werner. Yeah, 100%. That would would be the round figure for Havertz. Moving on to a French player, French, uh, uh, he's not a French player, but he's a Brazilian playing in France, David Silva. Diago Silva, guys, my lines are not on point today. It's okay. You're doing well, mate. You're doing great. (laughs) Thanks for that morale. Uh, Diago Silva, do we want him at the club, guys? Yes, absolutely. That's, yeah. a, that's a very strong. That's a very strong yes from Alex. I do. I'm, 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 I'm on the fence. I'm on the fence a bit with Thiago Silva, but I'll let Alex explain why he said yes. The guy is either a Champions League finalist or a champ. Just off the back of potentially a Champions League win, probably not, but he could be. And he's apparently willing to take a pay cut, and he's just so experienced. I just, yeah. I mean, yes, he's getting really. He's what thirty-five, but as he's turning thirty-six just, next month. Yeah. Yeah. He's a great stopgap just for a season, and then we can go out and we've got a year then to just to really find that perfect expensive centre back that we can buy. But just for a year, considering all the other signings we've made, it it just makes sense. I think just like I don't think we're going to be able to buy Chilwell, Havertz, and a great defender and Anana all in the same window. So yeah, I think just for a year. He, he would be great. I mean, there's there's this thing, I, this, this article that I was reading, and it was kind of like, the summary of that article was that if we pay, if we're ready to pay for Lewis Dunk and Declan Rice, I think it was a round figure of 110 million for both of them, or was it 90 million, something like that. That, that sounds about right, yeah. Yeah. Why yeah. can't we pay 50, uh, 80 million for Declan Rice and then for free you get Thiago Silva which will give you a defensive midfielder and a centre-back which okay yeah of course you're not going to have him for three or four years at the club but maximum two years in which one of the years you're only, you're going to use him as a rotational player and then for this season you'll, you'll only get him for the sole purpose of just hopefully getting top three this top top four this season or maybe even contending for the Premier League and then next season buying out buying a experienced um, centre-back who would be like one of the best in, in, in football. Yeah, it makes sense. 
Like, uh, I would take Thiago Silva over Dunk, for example. I don't see Dunk coming. Whilst Dunk is a very, very good centre-back, I don't see him coming in and just solving all our problems. And, and then he's just another 40 million kind of, not waste, but that money could have been used better. So, yeah, Thiago Silva makes, it just makes so much sense. I think just we need that experience. And he's he's uh, vastly, he's experienced in the Champions League. He's playing, he has played, I think he's only uh, only one Champions League final, but still, we need some I of mean, that. Champions League experience is always good. As much as I agree with Alex, Amart, I, I do want to hear your point. I think you weren't as keen on signing Thiago Silva as Amart. Why would you say you would you don't want to sign Thiago Silva? No, it's not that I, like, I don't want him to Chelsea. It's, it's like, it's a yes or no answer for me yes because yeah um, he has so much experience and is very very good and he can he can definitely organize our, our defensive line we need we need that experience in there like i said we we talked about it in the first um, podcast that um we definitely need experience at the back there but no for me is because considering his age we cannot kind of like build a future with Thiago Silva in the defense. Yes, he can solve our problems for us for like a year or two. But when he leaves, he's definitely going to leave a gap in there for us to fill again. So I, I, I was just of the view that we should rather fill that um, gap. We should rather get that solid defender now that we can um, build a team on for the next four, five, six years rather than having somebody who could be a temporary solution. Then when he goes, we are now going to scuffle again and try and find somebody else to come and fill in that position. I, I look at Thiago Silva in the sense of all right, he's he's older than most of our players. He's he's going to retire in the next few years, um, and he's going to leave football or at least the top flight of football. Um, but is he better than what we've got right now? And I would look at it and say he hundred percent. Like yes, I would pick he is. He's, yeah, he's he's far. He's way better than any of our backline. That's why I'm saying that. Yes, he brings that. He for me, like I said, it's a yes and no. But he brings that experience that we we definitely need in the backline. But again. He's not a permanent solution. He will definitely leave. He will definitely move on. He's over 30 years, so probably he might get two years max or probably a year. So if he comes in to, fi- to fix our, our, our problems just for a season and then leaves, it just brings us back to the, the, the problem that we have now. But what if, what if we buy a defender who is a permanent solution, but that means that Chelsea cannot buy habits? I doubt that. I think the money's already with, uh, and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I doubt that when we buy in a defender, we can't buy. Right. I think because of the relaxed, the relaxed FFP rules, as long as you have money to spend, then you can spend it. I, and I think the I money is there, it. so... Yeah, I agree with both of your points, but I look at it in a way where, I, I'm, if you remember what I said in the first podcast about Chelsea's defense was the commanding, and there, there's no leader in there. Yes, there's Aspilicueta, who's yeah. the captain, but his voice cannot be heard. Ten player, ten, ten people won't won't listen to him. But if there's two or three commanding people in the team, which at the moment we haven't got, as we all know that we we use a lot of youngsters at this stage, and. And even if we don't use a lot of youngsters, most of our signings are at the age of 20 to 25, which is not very, they're, they're not very experienced. So Thiago Silva brings that experience in there and he's going to make sure that back three or four, whichever Frank Lampard goes with, is going to be solidified, even if Aspilicueta is playing or not playing, because he has experience of, I think, almost, if, if, even if he started playing football at the age of 20, he's got 15, 16 years of experience that he can bring into the club, even if it is for one year or two years. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I do, I do agree with that. But plus, he's coming on a free too, so it's kind of yeah, like, so like a bargain for us. Exactly. So you use him for two years. I, I would 
throwing him out would be a wrong word to use, but is eventually that's what we would be doing. We would be getting Thiago Silva for free and then just throwing him out. Yeah, the more uh lead like the more players we can get in with this leadership who who have leadership characteristics, um, the better really. Which is why I, I would kinda of hope I mean assuming Tomori goes on loan, if one of Christensen, Rudiger or Zuma do get sold then I'll be happy for basically for us to go for to get Dunk and Thiago Silva because you're replacing two mere kind of good centre backs with Thiago Silva, great leader plus great centre back, and Dunk who's solid and is also a leader. Would you not say that you would want to keep Rudiger? Uh, I think his age is he is he 24, 25? Uh, I think he's older. I think he's like 27 or something. 27. But I mean, if we if we keep Rudiger and if we play him alongside Thiago Silva for the next year, we he gets a lot of experience out of it. Thiago Silva teaches him a lot of things, and then we use Rudiger for the next four years to train Zuma, Timori, Christensen, and you 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 would basically solve the problem internally, and you would not even need to make a signing. Is would you think that would happen, or is it just a hypothetical? Um, is presumption. I do think that's hypothetical. Uh, Rudiger is only two years older than Zuma, and I don't see Rudiger passing. I think Zuma is already the strongest centre back right now. Although I, I'm not saying sell Rudiger because you can't sell Rudiger because we've we, he's played a huge part in getting Werner and Havertz. Yeah. So you you can't you can't get rid of him. But I don't see Rudiger being the starting centre back. Uh, it's probably going to. I would imagine Zuma and Thiago Silva. But you never know. All the all, all the four of our centre backs right now, they all have their purple patches. So we, we can't be for certain for sure who's gonna be starting next to Thiago Silva if we did get him. So that's why if and there are rumors of Zuma getting sold as well for some reason. But if, if he did get sold, that's I'd be I would really hope we get dunk in. Yeah, uh, yeah, the, uh, the only reason I would wanna I would wanna get um Zuma sold would be because if we're getting a good centre back because he's he's one of the best out there for Chelsea at the moment so why would you sell your best player unless yeah. you're going to buy one of the best I'm hoping Christensen gets sold really Christensen Rudiger can't be just because of what he's done in the transfer helping out our transfers so I'm hoping yeah. Christensen is but would you loan out Christensen or would you just directly sell him now sell he's not gonna yeah. he's just not I, I don't think he's a bad centre back He's just really not suited to, to the Premier League, and he has too many uh, lapses in concentration to um to, to be at least in Frank's system where you really need your centre backs on it. I think if he played under Pep, I think he'd do a great job, but just um not with Frank. And yeah, he's he's not gonna get with a loan. He's not gonna get really good physically all of a sudden. So I think it would be better. It would make much more sense to sell than loan. Yeah. Yeah, so overall we would want to sell Christensen because we don't think it's going to work for us. So from all three of us, yes, we want Thiago Silva. Please come to our club if you're listening to the podcast. Hopefully he is. Yeah, um, yeah, but um, I think I, I want to say one thing. Yeah, sure. On the on the Zuma, on the Zuma, um, um, whether whether Zuma or Rudiger or partner Thiago Silva if he comes in. Um, like I think like Alex said, I also prefer Zuma and Rudiger, but one, uh, Zuma and um. But one thing I hated about this season was the lack of inconsistency and the the inconsistency in the selection of our defenders. Like we didn't have a solid defensive pair. It was either this versus that, and then this. It, it changed in every game. It changed in every game. And I'm hoping that next season we just pick 
um, um, one defensive pair and just go with them throughout the games because I think that that also brings the lack of concentration in the players because they'll be out for like two or three games and then brought back in and then go out again and brought back in. There's no consistency there. So I'm just hoping that next season Lampard just can just pick his um, back four and stick with it in all the games that we play. Probably so um, rotate them in the FA Cup or the Carling Cup or something like that. So you would be expecting two centre-backs who would regularly play Premier League and then maybe just two who would play the FA Cup games and then the yes. Champions League games, depending yeah. on who we play against, respectively. Yeah. I fully expect Zuma to cement his place next year. We, we kind of forget that... It's his first year. I mean, yes, he was a Chelsea player before, but he's come back. He's he's only been a proper full time Chelsea. No, I mean, even even when he before he left to Everton, he was still actually starting quite a few Chelsea games. But it's yeah. it's Zuma's first season back after his loan, so I fully expect Zuma next season to kick on and just cement his spot. And then the other spot can be Thiago Silva or Dunk, or probably Rudiger, I guess. I don't know, it depends if we, if, if we don't buy anyone, then yeah, it's going to be Zuma, Rudiger. Yeah, uh, it makes a lot of sense to have Thiago yeah. at the club at this stage. With more transfer news, Declan Rice, there's no update on that. We would, it, the news has basically died out. Like I don't think any Chelsea's fan, Chelsea fan, or Chelsea fan is even talking about Declan Rice anymore. Uh, I think the yeah. price probably is because of the Kai Havertz news. Like it's 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 getting heated up. It's getting a bit closer to um to happen. So everybody's concentration has shifted to Kai Havertz. I think probably when we when we find Kai Havertz, the name the the attention will go back to Rice and the other players that we are linked with. Yeah. Because the Chilwell, the Chilwell news has also died. The Chilwell news has also died out a bit. So I think the that focus was, now is Kai. That was the next point, Alex. I think you were going to say something about Declan Rice. Uh, yeah, it's just I think we've been priced out, really. I think uh, West Ham have no reason to not completely chill well us. <laughs> and just, and just <laughs> completely... So and I don't see us buying Havertz Chilwell and then spending an another seventy million or sixty million on this guy who hasn't played centre back in a while and would be our backup defensive midfielder. So yeah, to me it doesn't make too much sense to yeah, go with him. I, I would I would agree with that as well. Next season, yeah. I, I next time I I I do expect Rice to be a Chelsea player eventually. I think the the um the link is too strong. I think um. So I expect ne- if it's if it doesn't happen this summer, I would I would put money on it happening next summer. You never know. You could see Jordan Sancho and Declan Rice next season at Chelsea. <laughs> Jaden Sancho. I mean, our, our attack. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if we bought any good attackers for the next three, four until Ziyech just starts declining. Yeah, it looks like it looks like we we've tapped out on that on that on that front. Yeah, front right. So we won't attack. see a lot of changes in the front three for a long time now. No, our attack yeah. is is it is up there. It it's yeah. It's just it's amazing. <laughs> That's it. Really, it's amazing. Our good and, attack. Uh, I think apart from apart from Giroud, um, Giroud also has just signed one year. I think apart from him, the rest are all below twenty five. If I'm correct, so I think it's it's. <laughs> It's looking yeah. good for the future, at least for like three, four years. Yeah, we are we are set in that position. No, Until no, other... someone stops scoring goals. Yeah, <laughs> no other club has a better backup. No other club, not even Man City, have a be- better third choice striker than than us right now. Yeah, and even like what Mo what Mohammed said right now. Even if someone stops scoring goals, we have an attacker that we can put in as as a striker. Kai can play as a striker. Vena can play as a striker. 
so we have we have options <laughs> it, it's like it's like we've bought strikers for every um every competition we've got one for the premier league champions league carabao cup and the fa cup at this point <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly so uh, maybe golden boot contenders this season for uh, in all of the um in all of the competitions for all of our strikers <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I'd expect us to score more. Probably, uh, like, yeah, I'd expect us to be scoring way more. But I also expect us to to, to concede as probably as much. Right now, at least concede as much or maybe a little bit lower. I think that's all from the transfer news. There's not a lot to talk about from the transfers. I think the only <laughs> thing that Chelsea fans are concerned about is Kai Havertz at the moment. And I think that, that would be all for the transfer news, if I'm not wrong, guys. Yeah, I mean, Chilwell, I think I think Chilwell is still the main target for left-back, and it's de- I, I, that's probably going to happen. Yeah. You never know with Chelsea. Anything can happen. Yeah, by Regulon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he still, Regulon has still not said, um, he, he kind of said that after they all sort his future out after Europa League, so we'll see. Yeah, I think I saw a tweet from Simon, Simon Phillips um, this uh, this evening, it says Chelsea have confirmed the signing of 18 year centre back Xavier. I don't want to. I don't want to even attempt to say name. On Amba, Mbuyamba, like yeah, yeah, in Mbuyamba, yeah. Like if it was a Ghanaian, we I'll pronounce Mbuyamba. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I think he will join the development team. Or yeah. You yeah. never know. So, you never know. We 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 play with people, who, uh, players who are 20 years old. You know. Frank Lampard may just bring him up for one match, maybe against uh, first round in the F- uh, the third round in the FA Cup. I think on the 9th of January. Maybe that's if, that's that's if he's not loaned back to a, a, uh, to Barcelona or maybe loaned out to um, another team. Yeah, to be honest, we have a history of loaning out younger players as, as soon as we sign them. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> just to end the transfer debate, if I can remember the question that I was going to ask you guys, it was something along the lines of. Let's say um, a lot of a lot of uh, people are tweeting at the moment saying that Chelsea is ruining football once again, spending so much money on Havertz, uh, Ziyech, um, Werner, and then probably another few players who will come in. Are we really affecting football or is it just because we're doing really good business? Because I don't think we've still finished all the money that we got from Hazard. And then plus we're expecting a few players to leave, which we will get a few, a lot of money from. So what do you guys think? Are we ruining the league or is it just fine? No, I don't I don't think we're ruining the league. The, the, the thing is that the time I joined Chelsea, we were already we were, we were doing that. So for me, my 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 support started when we we we, we ruined football in that time that they want to put it. So I think it's a normal thing. Once we have a a, a wealthy owner like like Roman Abramovich, it's definitely going to happen. Once we have the opportunity to do it, we are definitely going to ruin the, the football. I know the people will say we are buying the league or whatever it is, but that's how football is now. If you don't have the money, you can't survive. Newcastle um, fans were sad recently when they couldn't get a deal to um, for um, to secure the, I think it was the Saudi Arabian um, yeah. shape or something. Sa- yeah. the, Saudi, the Saudi Arabian crown prince. Yeah, the Saudi Arabian deal that they, they didn't get. You see, they, they were they were they were talking about it, they were sad about it and, and stuff like that. So I think that's how football is. If you don't have money, you can't survive. So we are doing whatever it is that we can to be able to um, compete next season. Liverpool spends money, um, City spends money. We are also spending money now. I don't, I don't think we are even close to what 
um, United spent last season or um, what um, City has spent over the last three I think beating seasons. City would be a very, very hard job. Yeah, yeah. So we are not really winning it, but we are just making smart deals because the, 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 the players that we bought in are not really that expensive. We didn't buy them at um, high prices, but we've, bought, we've got solid um, players. So I think the, the, the hate is rather, at, I think they are rather jealous that we got those players at such low prices. We are, we are not really winning football. I think I think they're more afraid of the f- fact that the way that we've done the transfers because I'm pretty sure I the, when we signed Ziek I was surprised myself because I I didn't hear a lot of rumors about him yeah which exactly. which was very surprising and then same with Werner as well but for Havertz for some reason I'm hearing a lot of rumor about which I'm scared kind of in the form of where other teams could come in and maybe try and get Havertz before us, but I don't think that's going to happen because he wants to join I Chelsea. But Alex, your your yeah. opinion on us spending so much money? If uh, there's two things, so COVID makes kind of like so the whole COVID situation makes um, highlights our spending a bit more because no one else around us is spending as much. Whereas if we were doing all the spending last summer, I don't think really anyone would be complaining or about. Right because it's just because no one else is really doing that much or doing that much business whereas because we're in such a great financial position we can secondly it's because the fact that we finished in the champions league utilizing so many youth players or players that we hadn't actually bought but brought through the academy yeah i I think that achievement isn't talked about in that or i think if Chelsea fans, of course, know that it's a great achievement, but I don't think the fans outside of Chelsea don't they don't appreciate that enough. The fact that they've got into the Champions League is a huge boost for um, financially, meaning that we can now go and spend even more money. I don't think this Havertz deal would be anywhere near as straightforward or as as close to is as it is now if we hadn't have qualified for the Champions League. So I mean, yeah, we've got to say that Frank Lampard has come in and did an incredible job. Yeah. With- and now we have the benefits. Uh, you know, they, they're looking, I, I would say that you're looking at our transfers this season, but you're not looking at the fact that from the past, I think two windows, we were not allowed to spend any money. So we've, we've technically been saving up all the money and now we're just spending it at once, which kind of sounds wrong, but I, I, there's nothing, there's nothing bad about that. We got, we got 150 million uh, last summer from, or at least from Havertz, sorry, from Hazard and uh, Morata. Right. And we didn't spend any of it. And then we didn't spend any of that again in January. Plus we've so you save the money and then you've also you've got what Atletico and Real Madrid have given us. So it's it's really not surprising. I'm not sure why fans are surprised that we're not just gonna oh we're just gonna keep developing all the youth players and then be happy with finishing fourth. That's what I think some fans outside of the club expect us to be. I don't think we've spent the 150 million we got from Morant and Hazard still, even after signing Ziyech and um, Werner. And I think when we sign, hopefully when we sign uh, Havertz, we're gonna spend, if I'm not wrong, 130 to 150 million maximum. Yeah. Pretty good, right? Yeah, <laughs> that's not bad. Yeah, that, that, that's really that's really good business, and I, and I think that is why the rival fans are complaining because we are we are doing such good business, good business, and we are not spending much on the players. Also, I think I think the rival teams have uh, Chelsea's rivals have just become retirement homes, as we saw with William and. <laughs> I, I guess people are also used to Man City and Liverpool just being the, the untouchable teams. I don't think fans like the fact that we're uh, we're actually and, and to, once we fix the defense with a couple of signings, we're going to be right up there with them. And yeah, yeah. we'll see. I guess you could say the same with Man United. But yeah, people don't like Chelsea uh, winning the league or fighting for the title. 
So. I mean, a lot of players, a lot of um, people don't think that um, Chelsea are going to be contenders for the Premier League next season or there's no chance of us winning it. But I certainly would put my money and say Chelsea's, Chelsea has a very good chance next season, even if we add only Thiago Silva to our defence or if we just add Declan Rice instead of no one else. I think we still have a good chance. You know, that attack is unstoppable. Pulisic, Mount, Werner, Ziyech. I, I can't even remember everyone's name because there are too many. Havertz. <laughs> I, I, I missed the most important one. Pulisic is also, also, also there. Yeah, we got good oh, feelings. Yeah. Anyways, I think that's yeah. all for the transfers for today. As we all know, yesterday Premier League fixtures were released, and a very, very busy December when I looked at the fixtures. But then I panned my eyes to September, and I saw the second match, and I was like, "Oh no, we're playing the champions. We're playing the champions." Good to get it out of the way. <laughs> it's. I mean, I would have much preferred to have played like got got or played Liverpool at Anfield in the first game. Or second game, just get that fixture out of the way because yeah, yeah. Like when are we? I'll just I mean, there's, when... there's a chance that we play when we. When... Yeah, playing them on the nineteenth. There's a chance that when we play them at Anfield, there might be supporters in the ground because that would be the twentieth of March, two thousand twenty-one, which sounds really weird to say because twenty twenty has gone by so fast. But so we might be expecting fans in that match, so maybe it's a disadvantage for us, but. Does that affect us, guys? I mean, you saw how good Liverpool were at Anfield a couple of weeks ago when when they put five past us with no fans. So I don't see how it can get any worse. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but, maybe, but maybe, I think maybe we'll only bit, concede three now. Yeah, I think it's a bit funny that um the the team that was supposed to sign Werner is is going to play against us in our first world home game, and I'm pretty sure when Werner is going to start that game. Yeah, that'll be great. That will be uh. I can't wait for the to play against Liverpool. That's gonna yeah, be that's, yeah. the Liverpool faces. Yeah. I don't know when I when when I, when I saw Liverpool there, I was not in the I was not worried at all. I don't know why. I just <laughs> I don't I don't think I don't think it will be that much of a big deal, especially considering it's uh, as our second game. I don't think to make that much difference in our in our title challenge. You never um, know. I mean these these yeah. players are they've they've been playing for so long in I mean, not Werner particularly, but you know, when the big stage arrives, that's when they show up and they really yeah. do their best, and then that's where they make the mark. So we would be expecting Ziyech and Werner to be at their best against Liverpool. Hopefully, no injury with no injuries, uh, with yeah. the riding game before that. But do we have a very hard fixture for this Premier League? I'm looking at May at the moment, and I'm looking May. at the end of the season. Mm. May, which looks we... absolutely awful. Yeah. So. <laughs> As a as a Chelsea fan, I would say by the end of April, um, against Brighton or West Ham, we should be confirming at least top four because May is a havoc. We've got Fulham, which should be an easy win, but you can't you can never write off Fulham. And then we've got Man City, Arsenal, Leicester, and Aston Villa. Aston Villa, and of course. Aston Villa are the easiest of opponents. Respect all respect to Aston Villa, but out of these five, uh, out of these four matches, Man City, Arsenal, and Leicester in a row. How are we feeling about that, Alex? I'm more worried for the uh, West Ham game at the end of April. <laughs> We're so a repeat of what happened this season. Yeah, our record against West Ham is just is is just really not very good. So I'm yeah. worried. I mean, it's it's great though. I mean, every game in May is is huge. Really, you have the London derby against Fulham. Then City away is always really hard. Arsenal at home is always a great game. Leicester will be tricky, and then Villa is the last 
last day of the season. So it's it's going to be a great watch for sure. But it's tricky, for, yeah, as well. Yeah, Mark. I'm just hoping that before we reach May, we would have we have we have either um secured top four or we'd have won the league by then. So probably looking at the fixtures, we have three home games in in May, which will probably be an advantage for us depending on whether the fans i'm sure at that time the fans will be allowed there so probably we might have that home support for the fulham and um, arsenal and leicester city games but man city we are going away aston villa we are going away i don't know i'm, I'm just praying that we, we secure whatever we need to secure before that time because it's, it's it reminds me of the leicester the leicester last um leicester games that they had last season the final games that they had and they they, they couldn't make top four so the the most important thing is that we have to secure top four before we even enter me probably by april we should be we should be done with top four before we enter me you never know i mean we could be challenging for the champions you know liverpool and man city we're coming for you you've had yeah that's, that's two, three years yeah that's why i said we should we, we we should be either title winners or should be the top four <laughs> expect some reactionary losses and wins in May for sure we'd probably get battered by Man City and then go to Arsenal and think yeah this is huge beat them and then play badly against Leicester and then realize oh we have to we have to win on the final day and then we just <laughs> some Villa I don't, I don't want to face another yeah. the same same experiences that we yeah. experienced that we had this last season last season I'm um, going to the last day of the Premier League to secure a top four you know I'd, I'd rather prefer an easy um, slide towards top four than what we had this season we have yeah. to wait all the way until May to see Willian back at Stamford Bridge <laughs> away until May. Yeah. I mean, what better way to rub a top four finish um, yeah, at home? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, all respects to Willian. I, I, I really like the guy. I mean, I don't have anything against him. Just hate the fact that he joined the London club. But it is what <laughs> it is. Uh, that's football. Our December is quite, isn't the worst either. There's lots of games, but there's no, um, other than Arsenal, um, there's not, there's, there's, we're not playing any top six. So I guess Wolves. West maybe. Ham. Uh, oh, West Ham. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe that might be. But at least there's no. We, we should be able to rotate quite easily. Uh, yeah. There's no, there's no top six clubs. Really, I mean Arsenal. Eh, Arsenal don't count. And, and to be honest, we don't have a lot of. Um, we won't have FA Cup games until January, and I, I don't think UEFA has announced any updates on the 2021. Champions League as well, so I don't think we're going to expect the Champions League in October, November, December this year. I think we would. I don't yeah. see why we wouldn't. Also, there's I mean, league. also there's we league might cup. if there's no fans allowed in the stadium, we might see this the something similar to what we saw um, we saw this season with playing matches in a neutral venue because there's no point doing home and away just doing one matches per group stage per teams um in the group stage and the same all the way through but instead of doing it all in one go maybe do some in november and then some in february and then the final in may or something like that you know yep i highly doubt the it FA Cup or the champion yeah 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 Champ- because I, I don't know but the, with the with the with the two legs the, i think the two legs is more profitable for them in terms of finances in terms of like monetary value so i'm sure they'll find a way to bring back the two legs instead of the, the single leg the single leg games are kind of like better from a fan's point of view but from a financial point of view think they lose more money when they do it single leg it is what it is covid has hit really hard alex i think you were saying something yeah i just doubt it i mean we had we played second leg of games at the uh, at non-neutral venues just before all the teams went out to Portugal. So 
it could i don't see any reason why the two, why they would give up on the i don't think there's enough stadiums to play all of the group stage games over one leg in a neutral venue it's a, it's not a bad idea i would be happy with it but i think for money for, for, from a financial point of view, yeah, it makes a sense. I, to... I think the biggest impact that we're going to have next season is the fact that as a fan, you towards this se- for this season, you wouldn't have a game of football every night or every other night at least. And this time now you're going to have to wait each week or four or five days before having a Chelsea game or before seeing any other team play, which as a fan, it sounds absolutely like ridiculous because four days five days compared to what we were seeing here especially with the champions league we had i think semi-finals on friday night and saturday night and then no i think i'm messing it up tuesday night and wednesday night were the semi-finals yeah, yeah. and then tomorrow yeah. we have yeah. the u8 the the europa league final and then t- yeah, on sunday, sunday we have the champions league final champions league final yeah yeah so it, it's going to be very hard to watch chelsea every week now than every other day or every three days but it is something that we're going to have to deal with um i think we're going to move on to our next topic frank's documentary coming home how did you guys like it alex i think you've watched the full um full, full documentary so without any spoilers even though we know what uh, it will be about how was it really enjoyed it i mean it's it's really well made for sure it's edited fantastically. Um, there's some nice behind-the-scenes stuff or content in a couple of the episodes, but at the same time, I find sometimes it repeats or it's kind of just showing highlights of games and basically stuff we already know. And then they they kind of put quotes of Frank that we've already heard, really. So I don't think it. I mean, compared to like the Tottenham documentary, I think the Tottenham one will probably be a bit better. But I mean, it's still, it's got to... Jose Mourinho on it, so it yeah. has to be better. It, yeah, of course. But it's it's still uh, it's still very well made, and I'm glad they did it. And it was definitely it's, it's a good watch. Uh, Amar, I think me and you we've only watched two episodes of it so far. And how would you say yeah. Frank Lampard is presented? And do you do you would you watch the rest of the episodes? Yeah, most definitely, I'm watching the rest of the episodes. Um, the first one, the the first episode, I think was focused on um his stats, how he started the the first loss at um United, because uh, as a fan was horrifying to see again. Um, yeah, so I think the second one focused mainly on the youth, which made me appreciate the involvement in the youth um, more because, like, the involvement of the youth more in the in the team, um, like how important it was to have Jody Morris and Joe Edwards in the uh, um, the coaching staff because they helped um, Frank Lampard um, kind of like integrate the youth into the the main team. So yeah, that's that's the only two I saw, and it, it got me really really excited. For next season it, it really did and made me appreciate um last season even even more i think that's what they're trying to sell you they're, they're trying to sell you the the idea of frank lampard being at the club for a very long time and the fact that chelsea fans will have to accept sometimes that we're not going to win everything and sometimes that we're going to win something and and one thing that i would touch on so far i've only watched two episodes but they don't really we've not really talked about some of the losses and i i'm not going to say the man united one the first one because yes that's the first loss of frank lampard and he did reflect on that and he spoke on that on the documentary but when we're talking about i think the liverpool loss was it and i think one more i can't remember the team but they just showed highlights and then just one statement from frank just saying saying oh we did really well but we didn't get the end result which i think every manager does with all respect to everyone but would you say they're trying to only show the good side of lampard and not the bad side guys yeah yeah 
um, I think the the main purpose of the thing is to the of the documentary is to highlight the positives um, of his um, first season at, uh, as Chelsea manager. So probably that's why they glossed over the 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 defeats because sometimes there wasn't even any commentary behind any of the defeats or any um, um, comments by Lampard after any of. The, but when we are going when 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 they are showing any um, the wins, they kind of like highlight it more. And especially the youth with the second one, they were, they focused on the youth. So they I think they focused on the ones that the youth players called goals and the youth players got debuts and did very well so like so i think the, the the main thing behind it is positivity they just want to make sure that they show a positive light on the on the just ended season yeah alex do you think that's the same there or is it you've got different opinions yeah i think i agree um it's i think lampard's trying to paint it in a positive light he he, he quite he does mention how he's had his his bad losses but i don't i, I don't think the the production team chose to focus on the negatives they definitely chose to focus on like the ix game the Wolves game yeah basically the positive moments that happened later on in the season they, de- they definitely skip over our, our worst moments or our, our poor moments of the season but f- I don't think it's it's not Frank's fault I think it's just the, the way, way that's presented th- yeah yeah like um I'm saying that also from a fan's point of view I would I would much prefer to see the wins than the losses because like the the the, the United game I hated seeing that thing again because <laughs> we, were, we were good in that game and we still lost it just it just gave me memories of the losses that we had and and even I was so glad when they just glossed over the Valencia um the loss against Valencia when um, Barkley missed the penalty. I was so glad when they glossed over it, but like like you're saying, they should have showed both sides. Yeah, I think I think they didn't do as much of a great job showing the losses as they did showing the victories. But I think whatever it is, we're still going to watch it. They're, they've still sold us away with um, watching it anyways. Um, and as we say, as we said, I think all three of us have seen episode two, which is the importance of youth for the last season that we had. And of course, again, which brings me back to transfers where we got a ban and all. But how, how important was the youth for for the last season, Alex? Pretty huge. Like we went without them, without the youth, especially our attacking threat goes down by a huge amount. And like, yes, you could say our policy was still contributed hugely to the attack but he also had suffered his injuries and yeah without without hudson Adoy, without mount without tammy we wouldn't have scored the, the, the goals that we have and we definitely wouldn't have got top four without mount hudson Adoy, and abraham but yeah so yeah it's been hugely important and men in defense as well we've seen the uh, reese james has been huge has been i mean he's i think he had an injury in the summer so he, he didn't actually get properly. He didn't really get that get that many minutes until like I think Grimsby, uh, the Grimsby League uh, Cup win, I think. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he's um he's been phased in, and now he's basically the starting right back. I mean, yes, you could argue Aspi uh, will play will sometimes plays at right back, but he's been covering at left back now because of our because of Alonso and Emerson's inability or poor form. So so yeah, they've been they've been hugely important, and we wouldn't have got top four without them. So uh, yeah, and I think. I think most of our goals were scored from academy players, if I'm not wrong. Um, yeah, I think Tommy Tommy has um 18 goals overall, and I think um, Mason Mount also has. Let me see. I think he also has eight overall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Amar, your opinions? You, I, I would guess you would say the same as Alex as well. Yeah, they've been they've been very very important, considering the fact that we. Yes, um, it's true. Some people will say that we had no option than to use the youth, but yes, using the youth has been 
has been very, very good for us, has been very, their involvement was very, very important. Like I said earlier, the, the inclusion of um, Joe, Joe, Jody Morris and Joe Edwards in the team also helped in selecting the right players to be to be used in the first team. So yeah, like um, um, Alex said, they, without them, we can't, we're not getting the top score. Um, top four, especially with Tammy's goals. Tammy has scored, um, I think he scored 15 in the league. Is, is it right? 15 or 16 in the league. I think 15. So, yeah. Without his goals, we are not getting top score, the top, top four. And Mount's performances to, um, throughout the game, um, throughout the season was fantastic. And some people even think he's there. Some people even will select him as the player of the season. That 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 shows a lot. That says a lot to have a youth player amongst this, these um, um, experienced players, um, more advanced players, and he's the one being selected. It means that he he had a, a major impact in the season. So yeah, it's very very important. And without them, yeah, like he said, we are not getting top four. I mean, yeah, um, I would say the same as you guys. But the only point that I would add on to both of your 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 explanations would be that maybe. Th- we had to do it. We didn't have a choice and we had to use youth players. But does that mean now we've got homegrown academy players that will play for us next season for seasons to come? And the fact that they're all at the age of 18 to, I think, 22, and they will be at the club and they will become legends like John Terry, Frank Lampard, Drogba and players like these. And I think there was a new rule passed the other day by the Premier League saying that we need, I think, eight homegrown players in a squad um i'm gonna have to check that if uh if I, if that is true or not but if that is true then i think clubs like man city and then that clubs like any club who doesn't use academy players will be in trouble true yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's true. i've not i've not i've not seen i've not seen that rule but i'll also check and see i'll also check and verify to be fair it doesn't yeah. have to be their academy they can, um, as long as it's, as long as they've gone to an academy in England, um, it, it doesn't necessarily, like with Man City, for example, I think Stones, Stones counts as a homegrown player, even though homegrown. he didn't, he didn't yeah. actually come yeah, to Yeah, I don't the... think there was a, there was a rule so, on it being from the same team, but I think, no. yeah, there was a rule on it That's, being yeah, homegrown. So, like, Foden, Stones, uh, I can't remember if Delft still plays for them. Uh, um, no, I think no, I think I think I think they loaned him out or they sold him or something like yeah. that. He doesn't uh, play for them. They, they've just got. I think they've um, Scott Carson has just joined them as a th- on a as a third choice goalkeeper. I reckon he probably counts as homegrown. Yeah, so they yeah they they'll get around it. I mean they they have to. So they'll find a way. Yeah, they'll they'll all they'll all just sit around the table and just find a way like they did with that ban of course i'm not over that still i'm still gonna mention it every <laughs> that's gonna be my tagline i want to start i want to start using it as the opening of um of every podcast hello guys and welcome to cfc talk we're going to talk about man city getting banned um <laughs> anyways um from from the academy three players you would say are clinical for us next season, guys. Um, Amart, you can go first. Yeah, the um, three players. They've all been. They've all been really good. Um, but like, if I was, if I were to select, definitely Tommy Abraham, definitely uh, Mason Mount, and definitely Rhys James. I think this, these three are key in in all of the academy players that we've used. I think this, these three players have been key to our successes. So um like with Tommy leading the line or number nine is leading the line. We don't know yet whether Werner will lead or um Tommy will lead. Or whatever it is, he's gonna be in the team. It's very it's gonna be very critical um going forward. And then Mason Mount, we all know Mason Mount is the engine of the team and, and is Lampard's kind of like go to player on the on the on the um team sheet. So we just know that yes, he's definitely gonna participate. Whether um he's rotated with Kai or not, I don't know, but I just feel like 
um, Lampard will find a way to play both him and Kai in the team. And then um, our right back, he's been very good. He's been fantastic. His crosses are amazing. If we only had people who can get to the end of those crosses, we would have scored many, many more, many goals this season. And yeah, um, hopefully, yes, next season we might have Werner there getting on the end of those amazing crosses. So yeah, these three players, I know for sure that they will be part of our team next season. Whether they start or not, I don't know, but I know they will be very critical going forward. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be really important. And I think I've asked the wrong question because I think we, I think Alex, your answer would be the same or is it different? Uh, so your players were um, Mount, Reese James and who again? Tammy. Tammy and Tammy. Slightly different, I think. The next season, um, I don't see... Well, firstly, I don't see the youth whole thing being as obvious. Like, or not obvious, obvious isn't the right word, but we'll be less reliant on them, I think, in some because of the additions that we'll make. I, I see Tammy, unless Tammy can really improve on his form at the end of the season, I, I see Tammy like have, taking a bit of a back foot unless Werner kind of doesn't make the start that we hope he does to, Eng- to English football. So, yeah, I, I, I'd agree with, uh, for sure, Mason Mount is going to be playing and he's going to be racking up 50, 60 appear- appearances for Chelsea next season unless he gets injured or something. But yeah, so I see Mount playing with Havertz and yeah, so he'll be huge. Uh, Rhys James, I don't see him getting less important to the team. He's only going to get more important. So he's he's really important. He's also extremely important. And then the third player, I th- I've got to say it's a huge, it's a huge season for Hudson Odoi, and I hope I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, to be different mainly because yeah, I say Hudson Odoi will be more important than Tammy simply because Tammy is right now he'll be our third, probably our third choice striker, and well, Hudson Odoi technically, I mean, I guess he's just the, the backup winger right now to Pulisic and Zia, but um, yeah, it's a big season for Hudson Odoi to really kick on because he's what turning twenty. I think he's turning 20. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I predict that he's going to really kick on and just show that the league is, is talent, which he, he is. He's extremely talented and it's going to come out, I think. Um, I was also thinking about Hudson Odoi and um, 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 Ruben Loftus-Cheek, but I was thinking that, like, because I, from, uh, like, for me, for me, I didn't really consider them as, like, the players that we're talking about because they have, they have had um, seasons with Chelsea before last season. So I was, I was thinking that the question was more directed as those that were involved last season, out of those that were involved last season, which ones will we see playing next season? But yeah, Hudson and um, RLC would definitely be part of team. I think overall, I think overall there's there's four that we can, or five that we can actually rely on at the moment. Tammy, Callum Hudson-Odoi, Mason Mount, Reese James and Fakeo Tomori. I think these five are our key play, academy players for the next five years until unless we sell someone yeah in in my list i would say that my top three would be mason mount of course he's got to be there again as i think um amart said he's he's the engine of the midfield um and, and he's going to really sit well with uh kovacic and uh, kante or Declan rice hopefully if we sign him but yeah race james again gets the nod for me as well as well quite i think if in, in the next few seasons it's if you need time to say goodbye to him and i think at this point race james looks like possible replacement and by the time as well leaves race james will be a perfect fit candidate in that position for me but for the third one is something that's really confusing me if i want to go with tammy abraham or calling hudson and because in both of those players it plays as positions we've got so many options in those uh in those positions that it's going to be very hard to see tammy and abraham tammy abraham and calling both um show up on the field unless it's an fa cup game or a carabao cup game 
against a lower lower league team. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't know if I should I, I don't know if I can pick between Tammy or Kalmas. I don't know if we're a number three spot. So I would just go with top two with Reese James and Mason Mount just to make it easier. <laughs> Safe. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll fill this position out once the season's over. I think we we can come back to this. Yeah, yeah, it's tricky. I mean, with all the signings we've got coming in, it's it's hard to see how the, the impact that they're all all the youth, all the academy guys are going to make. I'm kind of worried for Loftus Cheek, uh, because well, he's approaching. I mean, what he's 25, 24, 25, and he's not played anywhere near as much as he should. And the opportunities to break into the team are going to get less with Habits coming in. Well, assuming Habits comes in. So, yeah. Maybe we might we might see a lot of the youngsters just not have a lot of experience, uh, not a lot, of, not have a lot of um, uh, appearances next season. Just got fumbled there. But I think that does it for this podcast, guys. Do you have anything to say? Not much else. But I, I hope the next no. time, I hope the next time we're speaking that we've got some juicy habits news to talk about, which I expect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing. That's the only thing I, I can I can also think about. I just want us to secure harvest before the next time we we, <laughs> we record. <laughs> I think we've got um four, three days, four days before our next episode, and until then, I hopefully I, I want to start the next episode by saying we've got Havertz. I'm not even gonna do the intro. Just say we've got habits. Like that's it. That's that's gonna be my um, cue. <laughs> um, yeah. And then yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode again. Just a refresh on Shoreby. Um, it is the sponsor of tonight's video. Again, you can use it to create a smart link, which can lead you to every single platform that you upload your content to, whether it be a podcast like we do or music or just you're a producer who produces beats and want to be heard you can easily do that as well as track keeping track all of the numbers of and the numbers that have visited your pages so you can promote them respectively all of this just for twelve dollars and you get a discount if you use our link which will be in the description again thank you amart and alex for being in the podcast it was a pleasure having you and thank you to everyone who watched the last episode as well as this one thank you for listening all the way through if you've if you've listened the full podcast I'll, i want you to comment below or just just send someone one of us a message um what, what could that be message what could the message be kai havertz is is coming to chelsea if you send us that we know you've watched the full podcast um a lot of you guys who watch this podcast are not subscribed actually 53 percent of you are not subscribed so please do that click the notification bell as well as the subscribe button which will really help us out help us grow thank you alex and amar once again it was nice having you guys thank you it's great to be on again and looking forward to being on next time when we'll have some hopefully some transfer updates yeah yeah same thank you also <laughs> It was, it was very very i think this is this this episode was very fun to record yeah it was a very relaxed one hopefully once the season starts we're gonna have some heated debates with our guests as guests who will be coming on as well so thank you guys for watching and we'll see you next time